The following Roadshow podcast contains strong language and listener discretion is advised. Rowers tend to use invective and colourful language to explain even the simplest points. This Roadshow podcast is no exception. Welcome to The Roadshow. We're your hosts, Lawrence Britton and Jake Green. And in this podcast, we're going to go into everything related to sport and performance. And we're also going to talk a little bit about rowing. In South Africa. It brings people together, it breaks down barriers. My passion winning to be the best. Being the best is something we strive for. There's a crucial role in South Africa. Passion. Great. Passion. Fiction. Ultimate goal. Glory. Relentless training. Pain. Pain. (laughs) Hello, ladies and gents. Welcome to another epic episode of The Rose Show. Uh, today we have Regatta Madness uh, with the European Champs this weekend. Really, really exciting racing and we've got a lot to, to get through, a lot to, to discuss. So hope you guys in, enjoy the show. Uh, this is Lawrence. And this is Jake. And yeah, like Lawrence said, we're here talking about uh, European Champs. We were actually, I mean, just in, in, our, in our prep and just talking about the, the racing yesterday already. We've been really impressed actually with how the racing went. We, I, th- I thought it was like really, I mean, we both thought it was actually, most races were really exciting. Um, and, you know, they were actually really good to watch. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited to go through um, a lo- uh, all the all the, the, the things that we think uh, deserve a mention. And uh, there are a lot of talking points I and mean, we have a lot to get through. So I'm really chuffed. Yeah, it was really cool too to have a regatta so, so busy and uh, with, with so much to talk about. Before we get going there though, uh, Jake and I are on camp, so we're up in uh, in Ebenezer, uh, Limpopo, South Africa, uh, on a training camp. So we're in our hotel room. So if the sound is a little bit funky, just bear with us. But I think it's all be all good. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, we're gonna obviously, as always, go into the the percentages that we we always discuss. So that's working off uh, the racing that happened this weekend, the percentages of the the world records to work out uh, which boats were performing, which crews were performing, and uh, and all of that. And if you want the percentages, just drop us a WhatsApp, uh, an email, or something. You know, uh, all the, the, the details, the contact details are in the, the show notes below. So just drop us a message, and I'm happy to to send you uh, the, our, our, our spreadsheet with, with all the numbers and everything that we, we're looking at. So happy to do that. So I'm sure a few of you want that. Maybe Zach, if you're listening. I'm sure you you want to get into into the details, so we're just going to cover a few of the numbers, but we have uh, all the numbers up here yeah. in front of us. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, maybe to kick things off, let's start uh, around the, the beginning of the day. I think uh, the first big race that I really enjoyed watching at the beginning of the day was maybe the, the men's pairs, actually the first one in our court um, online. Um, but yeah, men's pairs race. I was a little, we have a lot to get through there, and I think maybe just the first point off that uh, clearly I think the Sinkovichs were holding were maybe a little bit toasty at the first World Cup, maybe a little bit overtrained or something because they really had a dominant performance. Yeah, so I mean, <coughs> we spoke about that. We spoke be in the in the in the hype train build up into the, this regatta that this men's pairs race was going to be a really big one, about one to watch, and certainly live up to to the expectations straight out the blocks. Uh, Serbia, who won the first uh, World Cup, coming off with uh, the false, false start, start yeah. jumping the gun, doesn't happen that often, so yeah. that added a bit of spice into the mix. And then I think it really rattled them as well. Like usually, you know, the false start, uh, you know, every now and then it happens to you, and usually it's it's not too uh, hectic to 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 deal with. But 
they seem to be rattled quite a bit because then in the next start, they went off so skew onto On the, the boilies and they actually really didn't have a, a good paddle down the track. And as you said, Sinkovic is really making the race their own. And I mean, they look like, if you put their rowing from World Cup 1 to their rowing in this regatta, it's, you wouldn't even say it's the same crew. Mm. So that's why I think uh, I'm with you, Jakey. I think that they went into the World Cup 1 realizing that the, the entries were low just training, training flat out, not worrying yeah. about the racing at all, just uh, dishing up what they could do at the end of a big week. And they struggled. And then coming here, they were so yeah. dominant. And on top of that, something we need to discuss is the new boat. Yeah, that's so, a big one. So um, they went into the, the uh, Felipe have a new boat, uh, the wing rigger. I know you guys have seen the scholars, everyone using the Alianti rigger. That's the, the carbon wing from the back of the boat. And uh, no sweeper boats have been using that for ages. So the 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 Dutch women they rode rode it at World Cup one and this and European World Champs in the four, and the and now the Sinkovich brothers are the only mm. other crew to to get in and row it. And all 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 of those two crews are winning uh, all the races that they're putting they get going into that boat with. Yeah. And so it's really interesting to see something new from Felipe, and of, clearly it's working because they they're going quite fast. Yeah, no, without a doubt, and I think uh, you know it's 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 as a you know I suppose as a technology, it seems to be working in the skull because um, it's a lot of the scholars use it. So it's going to be interesting to see how going forward, like how many people pick this up in the in this people boat. Um, you know, I'm I think I mean it looks it looked pretty cool. I also think that the the Aliante <coughs> wing rigger looks pretty dope. But yeah, it's got a really interesting point. And like you said, the Dutch women's fall also really really quick. Yeah, and I mean, if you see, look at it from the scanning point of view, scanning has completely taken this wing rigger yeah. on, so it's it's clearly more comfortable. And I mean, even when we've jumped into that that rig on the on the our skulls, it's definitely it's, yeah, feels better. It definitely feels on better. the front end. So I think it was very tricky. Um, I know Felipe said that they're really struggling with, especially with the amount of force going in, because that wing is a lot longer than the wing that comes off the front, and the wing that comes off the front also has a backstay. So all the power now is going into that middle part of the boat there. Yeah. And I think it takes a lot of engineering and a, and a lot of yeah. uh, of things to, to get it right. But talking about the Sinkoviches, uh, we asked them before the racing to, to let us know what they what they were expecting of the racing. And they sent us a, a little quick uh, clip. So we'll play that for you guys. We didn't get a, a chance to put it in to beforehand. our uh, yeah. beforehand episode. But uh, this is what they had to say. Hi guys, we had a really good preparation uh, till the European Champs. Uh, after the first World Cup, uh, we changed the pair and now we have uh, Aliante Filippi pair. And uh, it's going good, uh, we think it's good for us. We raced in the skull, in the double skull in the Aliante, so we knew what to expect and uh, we had really good block of training and we are feeling very good. Yeah, we hope we'll have a few good races here in the European Championship. It's beautiful here in Lucerne, nice weather and we are starting tomorrow in 9.30 and expecting a pretty tough race and uh, we are hoping we'll do our best and to be satisfied with the race. Thanks. Bye. Bye, so, guys. So I think uh, that pretty much sums up. I mean, that's you could hear they're confident going in. Yeah. And they dished up quality racing yeah. for the whole weekend. And I think, like you said, just on the Felipe side, they were. I mean, they they were struggling with like, 
with just with the engineering with the power going through a longer thing. I mean, if the, if the Sinkoviches can smash out a 2K like they did, you don't really have to. I feel like they they're getting it on the money now. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I think also the Sinkoviches definitely have got a point to prove after the first World Cup, and I think in the first World Cup, in the middle of the race, that's where Serbia and the Spanish took the race to them, and kind of you know Serbian got the Serbian pair in the first World Cup won the race in the middle K, and the, this European Championship. Uh, the Croatian pair's middle K was untouchable. They were so quick, especially from like that one K to the, the 1500. It was, they were on, they were in a different league. And it was like, also, I mean, it was a really dominant performance. And another, I feel like they've, they've stepped the, <coughs> the pair up now from last year even. Yeah, and I mean, I, I mean, I really think they were, they were running really, really well. And it was really cool to watch. And I mean, also with a lot of other crews coming in, you got the Romanians, they, they, we knew that they were quick after Pedro mm. and they're coming into the picture. Um, who else do we have there, Jake? Spanish. Yeah, the Spanish, we had at uh, World Cup 1, though, as well. Yeah, yeah. They were at World Cup 1. Um, we, we had Italy coming in. Yeah, Italy coming in. And that's got uh, uh, Vincino in, coming with his comeback, and also uh, with his partner Giovanni Abagnali, also in there. Both Olympic bronze medalists. And... You know, the, the, I think they, obviously, they were off the pace a bit, but I think there's still a lot to see from them. And I think, but as a trend, I think Italy has a tendency to get much faster towards yeah, the end of the season. Yeah, and also, uh, the main, uh, so, um, Matteo Lotto from uh, the pair back in 2017, he's had injuries this year. Mm. So, he's supposed to be in the pair. So, it'll be interesting to see, uh, he, after his back injury, if he comes back in and goes into the pair or comes back in and goes into the four. Yeah. Because I think Italy definitely pride themselves on their pairs and their fours yeah. in the last uh, few years. Yeah, without a doubt. And then also, I mean, talking about the pairs, I definitely want to just go out and say I, I, I'm impressed with the Spanish pair. I think uh, they've really moved. They're starting to move up. And uh, I spoke about, uh, I think, in the last uh, about World Cup 1, how this is like a rising team that seems to be finding some really good form. And, I mean, it just goes to show, like, you know, what they did in the first World Cup wasn't by fluke. They're actually really, really, really good. And, again, really impressive performance. I think they had a fantastic road on the course. They put the Serbian pair under pressure at the end of the race. Serbian pressure blew. Yeah, so I don't really understand that. Like, I mean, they, they're in third place, so maybe they're obviously not having the race that they wanted to have. They wanted yeah. to be winning this race, uh, just like World Cup won. And obviously things are not going the way they want, but they're still in the boxing for the medals. They're still sitting around third place at 500 to go. And as soon as the pressure of the sprint comes on around, to, what is it, 250-ish, mm. the, when the, the Spanish come onto them, then they basically just took it down yeah, and took finished it down. loss. So yeah. I, I don't really understand that, but you know, each, each to their own, I suppose, yeah. if you... Yeah. If you're not in the race, you're not in the race. And then also like, uh, I mean, there were a couple, I mean, actually this is going to be a bit of a trend I feel like in this interview. There were like a couple of big names that we saw that didn't perform so well. In the men's pair, I'm looking at like the Czech pair, which started so well last year. Mm. They didn't do so well. And also like the French boy, the Enfroy brothers. Yeah, they're also not so great. And they've been really strong in the past too. Yeah, so, I mean, I do think that uh, we're going to see this. I mean, this is not what World Champs are going to look no. like at all these results, but I think it will, we're going to see a few changes. And obviously we're missing some big countries, Australia, New Zealand, uh, America, Canada. Canada's got a pair to so, look at too. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm just talking in general, across yeah, the, all the fields, I think there's, there's going to be missing. some big changes. And I mean, some big notable 
disappointing results from people like uh, Lithuanians, the, the Lithuanian team. They had they're a struggling. shocker. Yeah, they're struggling. I big mean, time. they were really quick at a lot of regattas last year. The men's quad, men's uh, double, men's skull, all of them out of the final, not racing. And the women's double, which has been notoriously quick and, and always all champions, yeah, also all champions, not doing well, not doing well in the back of the final. So that was a, that was quite a big shock. And uh, GB, I mean, I suppose they they did better than maybe we expected. Uh, they've they got one gold, two silvers, and a bronze. Um, but still, I mean, for the t- country that's getting the most funding, we expect to see a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, this was a big team coming across. But um, it is it is still pretty. Uh, they, they 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 definitely have sorted their they should out a bit from from last, last year, year yeah, no, to come into to this year with a, a little yeah. bit more bang. And I think also a bit more on the Lithuanian. I think there there's there's definitely uh, just from the outside it looks like there's there's a few things aren't going so right there. I'm also I'm surprised why Griskonis is is in the single and not in the maybe more in towards the crew boats because I remember Silitus Ritter and Griskonis were really quick in the double together. And it's just interesting to see how it's the crews have been breaking up, and like this weekend, I mean, we've, I mean, over the last years, I've always known that okay, when it comes to sculling, especially in the double quad, Lithuania is always one of the best, always one of the best. <coughs> but I also think that I think some countries maybe are taking Europeans a bit more seriously. Like maybe I heard a bit of a bit of like some countries rely on their resulted Europeans for like a lot of their funding. Yeah. So they go back to their national federation and with the results from this regatta count a lot towards the funding they get going into Olympic qualification to the Olympics. So maybe those countries putting a lot of emphasis on Europeans, making sure that they strong, they're fresh, they're ready to race when they get here. Whereas maybe some other countries not so important early mm. on in the season cranking out the training still not like not too too um placing too much emphasis on the results yeah so maybe there's a bit of that and i think that maybe there is where we'll see yeah. quite a shift on the results as we move towards uh yeah. world champs no that i mean that is that is a very good point there and uh i mean yeah it's also it's, yeah, it's interesting and also i mean like like the local seasons i don't know how the local seasons work too much overseas in europe so yeah. i mean i mean you don't know when national champs and also some how certain local points come across um, and racing, and that could change the way things things approach. But I think definitely from here on now, I there's going to be a huge contingent at the at the second World Cup, mm. and I think we're going to be going from strength to strength. I mean, the first World Cup, to be honest, was disappointing, and then European champs was really good. Just, I mean, obviously just Europe though. And now I think the second World Cup, we're going to see a huge part. It's going to basically be what the third the third World Cup in the CERN has been in a couple of past years. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move on to a little bit of the numbers and discuss some of these numbers. So racing was actually really close. I think if we look at the, the percentages across the board, the whole field was really close. There's uh, one or two outliers at the back, one or two outliers at the front, but the middle of the field, the middle, uh, so the, we just look at the 14 Olympic class events and a lot of the, most of the middle, the top, the middle, let's say the middle 11 or within uh, 1.6%. So really, really tight racing through the middle of the field. And I think that also has an element of Lucerne. Lucerne being such a uh, clean, consistent. consistent course yeah, without a doubt. that uh, the racing through the day was pretty close. Although, when you look at the results, the, tops, uh, the top five crews were all raced around 1 to 2 o'clock mm. or 1 to 3 o'clock. Well, help us 1 to 3 o'clock. So there was obviously a little bit of tailwind creeping in there. Those early races around uh, 10 and 11, 
coming up to 12 o'clock, they were a little bit slower and at the back. But, I mean, we're talking like half a percent here, a percent there. The notable one at the bottom, so uh, lowest percentage of the day is women's pair and men's skull. Uh, Women's pair, we already discussed, they're missing New Zealand and Canada from world champs last year who who led the field by, what was it, 12 seconds? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, you can't, I mean, the women's pair is the Canadian and New Zealand event. You cannot speak about the women's pair without acknowledging the fact that the, the New Zealand and Canadian pairs are the ones that are driving it on. And I think even though as from a racing point of view, I thought the women's pair at Europeans was really exciting race. I mean, there was a lot of chutzpah going in from a lot of crews. It was very tight. I had no idea who was going to win. Definitely one of my highlights of the day, but you can see from the numbers we're looking at here, there's still speed that needs to be found, I think, from the rest of the world in the women's pair form, at Mm -hmm. least in Europe, if they want to get a little bit closer to New Zealand and Canada. And then going on, I mean, then we have uh, men's skull, which I think we can get to the actual racing a little bit dif- uh, a little bit later. But they were uh, second from the bottom with a 95.9%. And then the interesting one, I thought, is the men's four. So they're third from the bottom, 96.25%. But they were the only one that was raced at the first time of the day that's sitting here at the bottom yeah. of the, the pack uh, at, the, at the slow time of the day, uh, mm. if we could say that. So very interesting to, to see that they actually were maybe uh, performing a little bit down. And obviously with the world champions out of the picture, the Australia, maybe that'll change, definitely uh, will change. later on. Yeah. And uh, obviously some, some more entries coming in as we, we move to, to open it up to the, the greater world. But uh, that was just an interesting one. And, the, and that was GB's only gold. So really clean and good road from them. I didn't expect their four to, to be so quick. Mm. And actually interesting results though, because... Romania and Italy, who we thought were going to perform quite well, did not perform uh, didn't, well at all. Didn't, didn't get up there, um, and you had GB, Poland, and Germany yeah, up I had, on the podium. I definitely would not have put those guys. I, I, I knew that the GB4 was going to be quick because I mean, like the GB system, you can't discount any people from that system at all because it's it's um, like definitely you know the the people that come out there are always well trained. You know, they're coming from a really well set up system, really good coaches. So boats are always going to be quick. So, I mean, I thought the GB4 was going to do well, but also like Germany and Poland, I didn't think they were going to do, they weren't, weren't going to be in the medals perhaps. And I Germany, actually really liked the way the Polish crew was rowing. Yeah. And uh, I mean, they, they were looking really good, nice and loose, really flat, picking the boat up really well on the front end. So I was really impressed with them. We haven't seen a, a Polish four for, for yeah, a while. Yeah, a long actually. time. So it was a, it was a pleasant surprise. And um, we might as well segue now, but talking about the German four, you know, I think the German four really rode well. And I think, I mean, if I if we go ahead and look at the men's eight, obviously Germany won the men's eight again, which is which is not really a surprise. But I felt like they were probably got put under more pressure than they should have been under. They didn't win that race, I thought, by as much as they should have. And considering how well the German four did, um, I think there's got to still be selection going on there yeah because like what we said in in the hype train episode is that you now you have the, the the german eight which has changed a huge amount you have a whole lot of young bucks into this eight and you've got a lot of the old dogs uh max planner yeah. in the men's four and i think he obviously is a bit upset he's not in the eight i mean if, as the flagship boat for germany you want mm. to be in the top boat but he really lifted his his hand up in this regatta and said yeah, okay, actually, we can we can row the four i move the boat and uh maybe i think we will see a change because i mean you still got big USA crew coached by Mike Tady yeah. coming in with the the purpose you know maybe they didn't perform quite as well as they wanted to at world champs last year but 
they're definitely on the up and and, and doing some good stuff and there. In Australia. And you've got Australia and Canada, mm. maybe with the eights and, coming in. And, I mean, you have New Zealand that's been, uh, has been bolstered by Hamish Bond and Eric, Ma- I mean, Hamish Bond and Eric, Ma- Hamish Bond and Mahi Drysdale. Oh, wish it was Eric, Eric, if you listen to this, <laughs> yeah. come, you still got the comeback coming, but yeah. Um, <coughs> so, I mean, we'll see what happens. But like you said, I mean, like last year, World Champs, I think if I look back, uh, last year world champs Germany I think were three four seconds up at the 1500 so Germany destroyed th- there was no doubt if in that race that Germany were not going to win at world champs they were way up on the rest of the field and looking now at Europeans it was pretty close I mean it was pretty close last year at Lucerne they, the Aussies put them under a lot of pressure but then they were way up on the rest of the field so I think there's definitely going to be some more selections going on there but I mean, they still perform really well. I mean, I don't think they looked quite as slick as the German 8 usually looks. I mean, the mm. German 8 usually, the blade work, the finish, the recovery plane, it's all like German precision engineering there. It's, mm. it's so slick. It's so tidy. Whereas I felt this 8 wasn't quite on that level yet. I mean, the the, the few guys in the back of the boat are slightly out. And I mean, I just, I are not quite as clean, but they're still winning. Yeah, they're still third on the top, 97.85%. Yeah, 97.85, which is, I mean, that's why we're saying that the racing was really close, because they're third from the top, and they're only 1.6 ahead of the men's four who are third from the bottom. So the the middle of the field there, really, really tight. Everyone basically 96, 97%. So yeah, exciting stuff from the men's eight. Let's move it up the prognostic sheet to the top performer of the day. The men's quad. The men's quad. Yeah. 98.96. So they basically won the percentages by a whole percent. Yeah. And uh, really, really cleaned up. They were the, the big outliers of the day. Yeah, and I mean, they I mean they rode a 535. They were three seconds off the world record. Um, and uh, the, next, the, next, uh, the next country that came in was Italy that rode a 540. Yeah, they, so, also, had, they also had the biggest winning percentages, uh, the winning margin of the whole day. So they won by five seconds, which was uh, 1.3%. And the, the next clo- the next biggest winning margin was the men's four on uh, 0.7%. So there's a big gap that they, mm. I mean, they clearly were way in control of that race. And but, if you're going to go back and watch a single race out of the, the day, go back and watch the men's quad because it is seriously classy. Yeah, and those, those that Dutch quad, <laughs> they rode very well. I mean, they, yeah. again... They, like we spoke, they won by such a mass margin and they dominated that race. And I think um, we were talking, I mean, last show we spoke a lot about how the lightweight women's doubles record's got to go. The, the men's quad, I feel, feel like on a good day, that record's also got to go. Because, I mean, if you think about it, the men's quad is a, is a 632. I think the men's four record is 637. So there's only like five seconds that separate the world record of the men's four to the men's quad and I think when I just think in my mind to the times that the men's quads row I feel like that gap needs to be a little bit bigger because I feel like a men's quad is a bit closer to an 8 than it is to a 4 so I feel like that record <coughs> is, is quite is, is getting ready to go yeah, and if you think about it like uh, the men's pair and the men's uh, double that's uh, it's a 9 second gap Yeah. so maybe it should be more along the although bit. you're getting some diminishing returns once you start getting to the 530 mark i think yeah it starts um, getting quite tight but then also like i mean like italy world champions uh coming in second by five seconds that's not good yeah i think there's definitely but i mean definitely trouble in the camp i mean uh, the the commentary actually was epic and actually it's something i want to mention yeah. was that uh, martin cross and the team of, of commentators on the day 
were superb. The mm. commentary for, for this world, uh, for the European champs, that's some of the best racing commentary I've ever heard. Mm. I feel like they, they really have upped their game from last year. They came in, I felt like their knowledge on the, the cruise racing was really, really big. And they were just adding so much value during the race, like on just explaining what was going on, uh, who was racing, you know, who was missing, who was who was out, and mm. what they expected from the race. So it was really, really awesome to to hear them dishing up yeah. such good commentary. I really want to hear more of that coming down. Definitely, and I think um, I think a big part for me with com- with with the the, the common the commentary is like. It's just informing the viewers out there that, that don't necessarily know the people in the boat, like what are the interesting stories. So when we talk about, let's say, for example, in the men's pair, like, you know, Matteo Lotto is missing from the Italian team or like the German four that they've gone through trials. Like it's really good to hear when you when you have commentators talking about that because it gives the, the, the viewer a more of an insight towards what is actually going on in the race. And obviously th- that just means they can be way more invested in the racing. I think... Like you hit the nail on the head there. The commentary team this weekend was 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 on another level. Yeah. So thanks, guys. And then going back to why I thought about the commentary was, the uh, Martin Cross was loving this Dutch quad. He was <laughs> watching this race. He basically said this is the best row he's ever seen. Yeah. Which I think it might be actually. I mean, they were so slick. The way they were picking the boats up on the front and driving through and so clean off the back end, it was next level. It was so good. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was really good, and I think and you uh, can see why they're winning by so far. No, you can see that. I mean, also the Dutch the Dutch quad was also at Pedluco, and they ravaged it at Pedluco. So definitely, uh, the men's quad. I'm going to keep an eye out on, on them a lot more than I have in the past because of that that development. Does Italy as the world champions last year? Can they come back this season? And yeah. put them under pressure. Look, they got a lot of work to do, and the, the British guys as well. They got a lot of work to do to to catch that that gap margin. But I mean, it's not impossible. And also, the Dutch notorious for starting the season really quick and, and struggling later on. So mm. I really hope they can hold that form and hold that rank because uh, that's world class. Yeah, and maybe just talking about the men's quad, it's actually nice to see Pete Lambert back in the the GB quad again after he had an uh, in 2017 at world champs he had a, a horrific back injury on the water warming up for his race mm-hmm. and he didn't race that he couldn't race that uh, final they got a reserve to jump in on the water and he missed 2018 in rehab so it's actually really good to see an athlete back in 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 the boats those are really difficult times <coughs> to go through um you know getting injured and taking time off so it's great to see him back. Yeah, and it was great uh, to see PD on the on the podium again. Mm. Although I think his injury has definitely cost his uh, hair growth because he, <laughs> he was nearly bald. <laughs> nah. like, nice. Yo, he's getting long in the tooth there, old Pete. But uh, nice. no, really cool to to see him back on the podium. That's nice. Really tops. Yeah. Let's jump to women's eight. I don't want to go into it too much. I thought uh, you know it's not that cool that there's only four, four events, boats, four yeah. boats racing. Although it was still an epic dice down the track. And Romania and GB went berserk at each other, both of them really gunning uh, to take this this race. And the sprint at the end. So I mean, GB was was had a really good third five hundred. Uh, I think they moved into the lead. Then Romania start coming back, and it's neck and neck. It's really tight, and they just start lifting the rate. Rates going up. Rates going up. Then two hundred meters to go. The rate is at 50 in the Romanian boat. <laughs> I have never seen that in a race in my life. I think I've seen the Danish lightweight four. They got up to 47 uh, in an earlier race. I think back in 
yeah, it's like 2011 or so, and they they go up to 47. The, the Romanians had 50 in the yeah. eight. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And that the reason why that's so impressive, I feel like the reason why that's so impressive is that it's the end of the race, it's the last 200 meters, you lactate is at its peak and you have a boat and an eight especially i mean like an eight is the boat that's notoriously difficult to get those numbers up i mean because you have so many people in the boat and it's such a big boat it takes a while to get it moving and this but is still, 50. this is still 200 meters before the finish line yeah. so uh they, they they stroke uh lady roxanne and gal I mean, if you're behind her in the boat, you must you just know. be yeah. nipping for the <laughs> Riding the, the pool, boy. I mean, Riding the pool. Even, if I was at the back of that eight, I'm going to be rowing quarter slides to hold that, that, that rate up. But yeah. she's just blitzing this thing. And then 200 meters to go, they take like a canvas. But you had 50, so uh, there's not a lot of gears that you, you got to move on there. And I think they really started hurt in the last 50 meters. And the British nearly came back. And if you look at the percentages... So, so close. Women's eight, 97.46. And then uh, the, the, the British only, um, only 0.2 of a second, not even, 0.16 of a That's second very behind close, right. Is that them. the closest finish of That's the, the weekend? That's the closest finish of the no, weekend. No, it wasn't. Uh, no, men's double was closer. Yeah. But uh, just so close though. And I mean, they really nearly got it. So it's uh, just great racing from, from both crews. Really, yeah. really cool. Uh, to to see that and while we're talking about well I mean if you were going to say something more about no, the no let's, let's go on to the men's double men's double we just said now that it's the closest finish of the race that for me I remember watching that and just saying that was a disgusting race it was it was a very tight race and, and, and the reason I like that race is that there were four there were a lot of boats in that in that final that put their hands up and they could have won I mean, the the field from first to fourth was finished within a second, yeah. basically. Half a second. Half point, a second. Oh, point six of a second. And at every stage of that race, you know, you know, GB they came fourth. Unfortunately, they missed on the podium, but they were putting their hands up in the race. Switzerland were putting their, everyone was putting their hands up in the race, and um, you know, it's really nice to see. And even the Dutch, they came off, you know, in in fifth place, and like they were also looking really strong. So at at in that race, like everyone basically in the A final, perhaps. Um, except for France, looked like they were going to uh, win the race. And, it, you know, the finish was incredible. Poland coming away with a really strong finish. And that Swiss double um, is looking power because that that's, looks like a new combination and it's, it seems to be going really well. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, just so nice to see such close racing. And, I mean, across the board, a lot of races were, were really close. Yeah. Most finishes were not cut and dry before the, the last before the sprint at the end of no, the race. No, not at all. You know, every now and then there was someone up, but there was always people coming back into the mix and the medals were, were hotly contested. So those finals were, were really epic to yeah. watch. No, I, I mean, like we said <coughs> at the beginning, but yeah, I really I enjoyed racing. And now that we're talking about it, the France, who were the world champions of the men's double last year, they were way off the pace here. They came last in with a 6.25. They were 12 seconds behind yeah. Poland. So, won. I mean, that's another person to the list, another crew to the list of people that uh, didn't perform yeah. that we thought they would perform. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting. It's definitely an interesting regatta. And I think, I mean, when we're talking about new faces on the top of the sheet, um, there are events that come to mind. Obviously, the most not, notable ones are men's single. But before we get into them, because I feel like there's a lot to go through there. I think also lightweight women's double. There's also some new faces there that I thought were, were interesting to see on the podium. Um, Italy, uh, France were also up there, and 
Who was that? That other crew. Uh, it was France and Swiss uh, in silver and bronze, and then Belarus for the win. But and actually, it was one of the most spread out races of the day. Actually, I mean, yeah, uh, going into the the sprint, the final sprint, gold, uh, uh, gold, silver, and bronze were, were fairly uh, set already. So yeah, it was really exciting to see. They were also uh, they were one of the faster crews that raced at the slower time of the day. So they raced at ten thirty. Uh, where most of the people were, uh, most of the other races that raced around there were at the bottom of the field. They were starting to, to push up the field and they finished sixth with a 97.3. Um, but yeah, Be- uh, Be- Belarus, sorry, uh, really dishing up some some quality racing down the track there. I mean, it's very interesting to see Elena Fuhrman. Uh, so she's a lightweight uh, scholar. She's um, very similar age, yeah. She's a year younger than, than than I am, and she raced a lot of the under 23s back in uh, 2010. She won under 23s in Belarus 2010, and then she went into to the senior team, and she did. She had some good results, but I think she obviously struggled with another lightweight partner to row with because she didn't uh, make the London Games, which I think she should have um, as a lightweight. But there was no one for for mm. her to race. She just spent a lot of the time in the in the lightweight women's single. She tried again up to 2015 in a lightweight women's single, and then obviously there was no one for the rowers, so she went into the heavyweight team. She had a lot of quads, a lot of pairs. She raced a pair at Rio, but obviously she, she struggled with so the power. Well, yeah. She didn't do so well there. Raced last year, up to last year in the in the in the pair or in the heavyweight team and the quad, and then now has gone back to lightweight this year. She raced the the lightweight single. She won the lightweight single at the first World Cup. And she's gone into the double now, and, and she's win. obviously found someone that's got some yeah. speed to match because she came away with the win there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean it's uh, it's good to see some new faces in the lightweight women's double, which is already the gladi- gladiator event of world rowing. Like we said, 20, 2018 was a year of the lightweight women's double. Um, so shit, when the, if all the at world world champs later this year at, at the World Cups, I mean. <coughs> It was interesting to see that it was spread out. I thought that was the biggest yeah. shock for me. Because usually when I think of the lightweight double last year, all the races were so bloody close. I don't understand how there's yeah. no one getting strokes and heart attacks in the, in the racing <laughs> because it's so close and you don't know who's going to win. You can't go into a race and be like, okay, no, watch out for uh, Belarus or watch out for Switzerland. They're going to come at us hard. Everyone's going to yeah. come at you hard. Because basically if you had more lanes, if you had like 10 lanes, you would have 10 possible medalists yeah. like, all the time racing. So, and yeah, I mean, there's some, and then new faces now, Belarus, we didn't speak about Belarus last year, no. or France either. Yeah, so I mean, it's really crazy, so, but also we'll see, I mean, that's the, the medalist now, as we move on Whoa. into the season. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Shit. What, um, what was actually very interesting on the, the lighted women's double though, is that in the semi-final, they were top percentage of the, of the day, so they were really blitz in the, in the semi-final and uh, cleaned up there and then they were their final was a little bit on the slow side so it's a bit interesting to to see that they and i wonder why they were slowing down you know maybe just for the lightweights it's a big uh, weekend mm. uh, three days three weigh-ins yeah, and, and, uh, yeah, and maybe I mean, the speed's coming down a touch there but i, I mean know, just interesting what yeah weigh, weighing in i was just gonna say weighing weighing in is another factor that i think a lot of people forget about that adds and Although the lighter the the men's double was right at the top of the sheet as well. Though. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just interesting that, uh, that they were very quick in the semi and then a little bit off the pace in the final. Yeah. So, we'll see how, how that translates onto to later on. 
And then, I mean, on the theme of, of seeing some new faces on the on the podium, let's now talk about the men's single because this was an interesting uh, event. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, firstly, obviously, Chetel Borsch had a tough time, but, I mean, he's been injured and stuff. And uh, I saw on Instagram he... You know, it seems like he's he's taking it well, taking it on the chin. I mean, he said that this is the same place he finished last year, and then he went on to become world champion. So, you know, let's let's see what happens. But I'm sure, like, for world champion in the B final, you know that pace is hot. And I thought also a, a person I um, the B final had a lot of uh, big names. I think Thomas Barris. He was a to the GB scholar. He's a bronze medalist from 2017 B final. And also, I guess Nikol Stahlberg, the Swiss Swiss scholar, must have been a bit disappointed there. Uh, in the uh, the home favourites also running in the B final, but um, yeah, the A final. There were again a lot of lot of fresh names, um, but uh, Oli Ziedler with the win. Yeah, which was crazy. And I mean, what was more crazy about it is that he went up quite far up through the middle of the race. Then he got rode down in the in the in the, in the, the, the around the five hundred meter mark to go, and he went quite far down as well by the length down. And then a huge sprint in the last 250 to, to put himself back in the mix, back into the gold position. And I mean, nearly didn't get it. It was, it was really close. Uh, only 0.2 of a second between him and the, and the, and the Dutch scholar. Um, what's that? Steph, Steph Bronjek. Yeah, he had, a, he had a fantastic race. Um, and I, I, if I had to predict what was going to happen in the men's skull, I would have been way off. And I would predict that Ali Zidl would have done well. But Bulgaria and Netherlands, I mean, Steph Bronjek had the race of his life. He almost got that from Oli Ziedler, and he really put him under pressure. <coughs> and Denmark. I mean, so Denmark, the, the, the yeah, top Nils, four. Nielsen. Yeah, I mean, he's been around a bit, but I mean, you have these top, these top four people that are not really usuals in the, in the, no. in the mix of the, the, the front of the field um, coming into the front. So really, really exciting to see. Although, I do think that it's very dangerous that uh, Oli is winning now. Mm. I mean, this guy's improvement curve is steep. You know, mm. he's only been rowing what do we say? Three years, two hundred yeah. years, and he's winning now. European for him champs. To, for other people to keep up with them, you know, lot of everyone else has rode for a long time, so their improvement curve is maybe not so steep. So if he's starting to win now, I, I have got a feeling maybe that no one is going to be able to catch this guy now. Yeah. That, I mean, unless unless Manson or someone else is 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 chilling with a lot of speed and it's going to come out ahead of him already. I don't know if other cats can. Uh, yeah, come into I mean, this thing and, and, and improve as quickly as he's improving. You know, he's got this huge engine and then he's got some rowing skills that he's really honing in now. I mean, his technique is coming on yeah, coming hugely. On I mean, this time last year, we were watching him basically row steady off the start line yeah. into race pace yeah. and do pretty well. Now, he is killing Oaks out the start. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm wary that I, th- I, I think maybe that the, the skull is going to become yeah. a, a closed-off event with uh, Oli Zadler just crushing. Yeah. No, he's def- I mean, he's definitely going to find a lot more speed. <coughs> the only ca- caveat to that, I would say, is, is the fact that if you have uh, a fresh faces of uh, Steph Bronjek and uh, the, the Belarusian, I mean, yes, Belarusian, Bulgari- Bulgarian scholar, uh, Pilip Pavaku putting him f- some putting him under pressure. So I mean, also That's I mean, like rocking the names here. There dude. we go. Sorted. I'm just getting confused between but Belarus and Bulgaria because yeah. the stupid abbreviate the abbreviations are B L R and whatever. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. So interesting, interesting result. And Demian Martin, he's definitely got some more speed to find. I think we we said it at the first World Cup that you know. 
it's great to see him win, but you know, the field is not very strong, and then it goes to show. But I do think he's coming. He's definitely, he's definitely way coming closer. back. And I mean, he had a really tough race. He didn't have a great uh, a start in that second 500. He, he got hurt on a bit, yeah. and then he made a big push to get back in the mix. And then uh, it was a bit late though. And then, oh, disappointing from uh, Andre Sinek. I thought, yeah. uh, you know, I don't like it when people just sort of tap it down. I think the men's single is a little different. You know, the 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 racing tactics, and you know when you you're in the mix or not. So, but he just, I mean, he didn't race the race. No, basically. he didn't. He, he, didn't he didn't race at all, and uh, yeah, that's disappointing to see. Um, I mean, on the progression, he sneaked through the semi-final. He was like six seconds off. Yeah. Of the in the semi-final, so. I don't know. He's. I feel like he, he's gonna have to. I mean, he's got it. You know, he's got the the prestige and uh, and, and. I know, but I, I just want to see him like dominate. Though. Yeah. And like, he, he just needs to be at the front of the field if he's gonna if he's gonna win, or yeah. otherwise he's gonna just be in the mix again for for another Olympiad, which yeah. is a bit weird. And I mean, when I, when we talk about Demian Tin having a disappointing race, the reason why I feel like he still got he still got speed to, to final because he did win the semi final with the fastest time. Mm. Um, and he beat Steph Groniak and the Belarusian in, the, in his semi-final so he had the hardest semi-final well, well take that with a pinch of salt but he had a fucking hard semi-final yeah. and he made it through with a fast time so I think it's maybe that fitness element coming in a bit with the training so I think he's definitely got to find a lot more speed um, going through and you know the, the sculling you know when you have to go through quarterfinals not a lot of events <coughs> usually ever have quarterfinals in the World Cups or European Champs. So Skulling has to go through quarterfinals, which, which adds another dynamic to the racing. For sure. So talking about the skull, let's just move on. Uh, I, I mean, we don't have much more to discuss. Let's discuss the women's single briefly, and then we'll wrap this puppy up. So women's single was also a really good race. I mean, it was a bit more predictable than uh, some of the other events. We knew that uh, it was going to come down between uh, Janine Gamelin and Sunita Paspira. Uh, and it was a really good race, but Sunita was pretty dominant. I mean, she really crushed the race in the middle. Yeah. I thought yeah. she might lose it at the end. At the end, because, I mean, I, I was... Sorry to jump in there. No, I saw sorry. the... Uh, Janine was looking strong at the end. I mean, uh, the, Olympic champi- the Olympic champion from 2012, Napkova, came away and stole the bronze wallet and steal it, but basically took it away from uh, Magdalena. Magdalena. So... Really, that's the race towards the, the the far end was super tight, and I think watching that race it just goes to show why I I feel having a middle K is way more important than being faster on the ends of the race because yeah. Sanita was so strong in the middle K of the race she kept herself out of the madness at the end of the race so she never put herself under pressure and again massive performance from the world champion yeah so. Just a cool race, and I really dig that um, Napkova is coming back onto the picture. Yeah. I mean, she really thugged it. She was so impressive in in London Games, and really cool to see her win there. And then she's really struggled since then. So it's always awesome to see the older athletes coming back onto form. And I mean, it's definitely yeah. someone that maybe we must try and get on the show. No, not for sure. I'm sure she's going to have some some wisdom for and us. And just to guys, let you know how much of a sprint she had at the fifteen hundred meter mark. She was lost. She came through at a 5.38, and uh, Lobnik was a 5.35. So she sprinted through Lobnik from last position right through. Yeah. So, I mean, really good good race from her. And I think, uh, you know, we haven't seen, I feel like she hasn't been able to get the form back that she had in London. So, you know, we'll see what happens. And I do think, though, that if she can carry on finding a little bit more form and, and box with... Uh, 
uh, Sunita and Kamelin. We're going to have a big dice for gold in the end because mm. Sunita and Kamelin are they're going through all the way to World Champs, all the way to Tokyo. Yeah. Nick and actually, fighting, I think. another thing I found interesting, uh, actually, this is from the commentators. So the commentators are on point here. This is why I find this interesting, was that in the women's skull, all these athletes in the A final are old, well, old, I'll take that pinch of salt, but older athletes. I mean, they're all in their 30s. I think Sunita's 37. Uh, Janine's in her lower 30s, Napkova, you know, <coughs> the veteran from London. She's also in 30s. The Danish skuller, um, Fee would be Ericsson. She's also... 30 year old she was a, also Olympic bronze medalist I think in London so it's actually interesting to see an event that's uh, dominated by Dude, older athletes Rose a lot of these athletes are old yeah. I think if you go through I think if you took the average of all the medalists um, at a world championship I think it's going to be high well, yeah, it would be but in the 30s though I mean like I think it would be close to 30 I think it would be like 28 yeah. 28, 30 um, but the men's skull as well, and that was what's so interesting about Oli, is he's so young, he's such an outlier. All the other skullers, they've been around for long. Look, Damian Martin, been around for long. Uh, Andre Sinek, been around for ages. You yeah. know, uh, even Manson, Mahi, like, think how long, Olaf, when he was in the single, these guys are sitting in the single for a long time. Yeah. So Oli is like this huge outlier of someone coming in that's young, and that's... that's well, let me, let me ask speed. you the question now, do you think Oli's going to win the men's single in Tokyo? Yeah, I think if Oaks don't, uh, if, he, if he carries on his improvement curve, even remotely like it is, he's going to win it with open water. But yeah, yeah I mean, if, if you're a betting man, I think you would put your money on Oli at the moment. Yeah, at the moment for sure. Yeah. And I think you, you said it there. I mean, he's young and he's learning a lot. So yeah, really, really interesting stuff. So I think that wraps up most of the, the talking points. Um, Jakey, if you don't have time to go watch all of the races... Which race are you going to go watch? Men's double. Men's double. Yeah. Yeah. I would actually. I think I would say men's uh, men's single because it was such a it yeah. was such a cool race. It was know? a very cool race. Yeah, jostling for the front end, big sprints, uh, big drama through the middle of the race. Uh, very cool to watch. Um, uh, but if I was looking at one, at, at, if I want to go watch quality rowing, I'm going to go watch men's quad. Yeah, I mean you said and it earlier. Yeah. Men's quad is something that if you're a rower. Go and watch that, especially if you're spending any time in the skull, double, or quad. Go and watch that race because that is textbook rowing. I mean, mm. if you can row anywhere near what those guys are looking like, then you, you're on the money. Yeah, so, and it's actually nice to, I feel like we don't actually, we don't speak much about the men's quad. So it's great to to give them some, give them some uh, audio space here yeah, because, yeah, it's quality rowing. For sure. Um, anything else you wanna you wanna chat about, Jakey? I think we covered. Most. I think we yeah we've covered we've covered most of it. Um, oh yeah, the medal table. So Germany, uh, for those that are interested, had uh, won. Well, if you look, they but won. Also, cha- they so won European champs. To interrupt our medal table, we, we we did a quick one just on Olympic events. Yeah, just Olympic events. Germany <laughs> were the most dominant uh, team there. They won five golds, which was you know really really good from them. And then uh, the top three here, Germany first, Netherlands were in second with two golds, two silvers, and one bronze. And then Romania, um, one gold, four silvers, and then one bronze. And then from there on is GB, Poland, uh, Belarus. Belarus. (laughs) Fuck, Belarus, Bulgaria, that bastard. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, so I I think uh, Romania, they still have a lot of potential with the four silvers. 
Yeah. Uh, they can they can definitely if they can translate some of those silvers into golds, they'll be a big contender. No, without a um, doubt. And Netherlands as well. I mean, they ate. I think they were quite disappointed, but I think that was pretty good row from them. Yeah, I yeah I saw on the, the Instagram that they they said there was obviously not the result they wanted to get, but you know I thought they they were really good, and I think the men's eight is going to be a hotly contested event this year. Mm. It, I mean, yeah. I just sure. think that uh, I think the eight the mentality is like you have to go into win. If you yeah. do not take that medal and make it yours, it yeah, it's a, it's a, it's so, a, it's a, it's a firebrand event because we've spoken numerous times how important that first five hundred is. So I mean, if you if you're not prepared to sell your mother in five hundred meters, you got to be at the back. Yeah, um, but it was a very cool race between uh, the Germans, the the British, and the Dutch. They were all jostling for a long time in yeah. the front of the field. And it's actually so cool it to see cool. the 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 GB boat being being so. Uh, so so quick with that. There's a lot of new names yeah. in there, so it's really cool to see like changing of the guard to see a really quick boat from GB. GB have. I mean, I'm really impressed with their heavyweight team. I think that uh, they've got a lot of work to do, but listen, they're performing and they've obviously spent a lot of time and effort to bring up the young bucks, yeah. replace the the, the the guys that they missed from uh, Rio, and you still are missing uh, Will Satch. Yeah, he's still he's, injured. He's got the shoulder up. And he will be back, I think, by World Champs, and he will make a big difference to whatever boat they put him in. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, I think that's like what they're missing the GB team. And, like they, they usually just have this like wealth of experience with like, guys with just medals and medals behind their names. And now you, you're running a little bit short. I mean, Big Mo, he's Big Mo. Uh, the only guys I'd say that that stand out from here is probably Matthew Tarrant and Big Mo. But Matt Tarrant was the spearman at the games. Oh, yeah, so, like, so I suppose you know he's he's I think he's exceptionally good. I think uh, I'm glad I didn't have to race him in the men's pair, but he he didn't he doesn't have the the, the, the results behind him that like you know imagine when you rode uh, I mean at Rio you're getting in the eight and you got uh, you even got Hodge and uh, Reed, Reed and like you just got names no, you got and names, names and galore. like so so anyway I'm just really impressed I think that uh, and I think we're gonna see them come online even more yeah so very cool to see that. Uh, that's been a really long review for us, Jakey. Um, oh yeah, no, it has been. It's been a good one. Once but again, guys, if uh, you want any info, if you want any of our numbers, our spreadsheets, drop us a message. I'm happy to take it, and uh, I'll send it to you. And yeah, just enjoy. Yeah. I hope you guys like this episode. Please let us know. Give us the feedback, um, Jakey. Yeah, I think uh, Lance has hit it on the head. We obviously we love hearing from you. And um, we can take anything you got, and uh, yeah, have a have a good week. We've got some interviews coming up, and um, s- yeah, stay yeah, frosty. We got some, we got some big, uh, big interviews coming up. Some really epic chats that we've yeah. had. So epic chats. This is just to to whet your appetite for world champs and uh, and the racing this season. But we got some some big yeah. normal interviews coming up. Some really exciting stuff. So yeah. keep it real and enjoy the show. Let us know. Sweet. Cheers, guys. That's the Rose Show out. Tops, boy.